Mark chapter 12 and verse number 28, if you want to turn there with me. <clears throat> and one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with some of thy soul, with a little of thy mind, and with some of thy strength. And this is the first commandment. The Lord said, love how? With all your heart, mind, strength. <clears throat> and the second is like namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Turn to somebody and say, you're my neighbor and I love you. Now, you may not live next door to them, but if you're sitting by them, you're their neighbor right now. So you got to love that neighbor. And Lynn, I see you got your armor on her, so that's a good sign. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. Boy, it's good when, when you can commend the Lord Jesus for being right, isn't it? I'm glad that I've got a right God. I'm glad that Jesus is always right. And there is none other but He. And to love Him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength, and to love His neighbor as Himself is more than all her whole burnt offering and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask any questions. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> I am blessed to have some wonderful friends in my life. I, I love I love to have good friends, and I have some good friends, and I count you my good friends too, but there's some special good friends of mine that I, I'm on the same level with them. They're all old, and uh, <laughs> they're all preachers, and, you know, we just kind of get together with people we're like, and since I've, I'm old, I've got old friends, and that's Brother Keating and, and Brother Proctor and Brother Bethel, <clears throat> and we like to play golf, and we communicate and plan what day we're going to play golf and what the tea time is going to be and where we're going to eat lunch after we play golf, and we do it all on my iPhone. All of us have an iPhone, and we do this on an app called GroupMe. Anybody ever seen GroupMe ad? You can form a group and communicate. It sends texts and pictures, whatever. And we have us four on it only. We have nobody else on group me but us. And we all have this app. And when one of us sends the message, 
there's a beep, and then the message appears that we sent. One of us will say, well, let's play golf Thursday or Tuesday. If we can play, all of us will text back, I'm in. And then when we get everybody saying, I'm in, then one of us will say, well, I'm going to call and get a tea time. And then in a few minutes, we'll get a text back said, I got a tea time of 8 o'clock. And then I type, I'm in, Brother Proctor, I'm in. Brother Bethel, I'm in. Brother Keating, I'm in. And that's, that's how we do that. The Lord willing, I'm fixed to play this Tuesday. We've already set it up. I've already said, I'm in. Planning on being there if something don't happen. And I got to thinking about, I was thinking this week, middle of the week, that I was going to be teaching. And the pastor finally let me come back uh, and teach. He kept me away for a while and put me on restrictions and set me down and finally let me come back and teach. And then I got thinking about what I was going to teach, and I was thinking about the kingdom of God. And for some reason, I got to thinking about what we do when we play golf. And I got to thinking about what we say, I'm in. And I got thinking about the kingdom of God. And you know, I thought, hey, I'm in. <laughs> if we're going we're gonna to talk about the kingdom of God, I'm in. I'm not just thinking about being in. I'm not just talking about being in. I'm not reading about I'm going to be in. I'm telling you today, hey, I'm in. If we're going to have a kingdom of God, I'm in. I won't be part of it. If, if we're going to go to heaven, I'm in. So every time I say the kingdom of God today, you need to shout out, I'm in. Anytime that I say kingdom of God. I mean, every time I say kingdom of God. Okay. First thing that Jesus said about the kingdom of God is seek it first. I'm in. I don't have a problem with that. I'm still, I'm still wanting to be in the kingdom even though the Lord gave me a requirement. He said, you got to be in. You got to be, you, you've got to be in the kingdom of God, but you got to put it first if you're going to be. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm declaring to you today, I'm in. I'm still in the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus made the very first mention of the kingdom of God by saying, Seek it first. And that may be difficult for a lot of people. That may be very hard for some people to commit to that being first. But when you look at the benefits of the kingdom of God and the length time-wise in the kingdom of God compared to that one statement, put it first. Hey, I'm still in. I'm in the kingdom of God. Boy, y'all not... It went, whew, went over your head. You didn't get it. 
Because he knew if it's not first, then it will not be important enough in our lives and that other things will take most of our time, our energy, and our money, and our passions. So what we love the most, we make time for it. And you're going to have to say amen to that. We make time for the things we love the most. Somebody say amen. amen. We, what we love the most, we have money for it. There's a lot of people in the world don't understand when they find out we pay tithes and offering. They look at that and they say, man, how do you do that? You can't, you, you mean you give that much? And I, I've said this to a couple of them before, just being kind of cocky. I said, well, you pay more than that. I know for a fact you drink about a six-pack of beer a week. I know a fact you, drink, you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. And by my calculations, you're paying more tithes than you would if you gave your tithes to the Lord off your income. I said, you're paying tithes. You're just paying them to the devil. And people look at me and they think, you're crazy. Now, they don't, I, don't, I don't have much persecution on that. But I know some of y'all have. You've had your relatives and your friends, and they don't understand. They say, but they don't understand. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm in. What you love the most, you'll make time for it. A lot of people don't understand why we come to church so much. But you realize that they go to one ball game and go and spend more time one ball game than we do in all of our church work, all of our church services. All right, let's let's do a, a football game in in Dallas. Dallas is close. Time you drive to Dallas and then you park your car and pay thirty dollars to park it, and then pay a hundred dollars for your ticket. And walk up through the, all that traffic and go through the gate. You done spent three to four hours just to get there. And then you go up there and pay $15 for a hot dog and $5 for a drink, $5 for popcorn. You say, well, I can't do that for the kingdom. Come on, that's nonsense. If you love it, you'll love it enough to give to it. What we love the most, we make time for it. And what we love the most, we'll have the money for it. What we love the most, we will give our energy for it. And what we love the most, we will give our passion for it. You just got to love it. You just got to love the kingdom of God. If you don't love the kingdom of God, you're not going to be in the kingdom of God. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you today, I'm glad that I'm in the kingdom of God. I need a volunteer today. Brother Winchell, come up here and help me if you would. Uh, thank you for volunteering. He he just so so good, such a great guy, and and I I'm I'm gonna read another verse of scripture, and well I just need you to lay your uh, arm across this pulpit here. <clears throat> Jesus said in Mark nine forty three, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. 
Now, I want to ask you, has your hand been offending you? Not recently. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you pass on that. No, sir. No, sir. If your hand offends you, be better to cut it off and enter life main, in other words, without that hand, than having two hands and go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And then he said, <clears throat> stick your foot over here if you would, right up on that pew. There you go. If thy foot offend thee, cut it off. Has your foot been offending you? It's pretty good. It didn't bother you at all? Okay. I'm not through yet. He's blessed. Because the Bible says, now this is not UPC saying this. This is not Pastor McElhaney or Bishop Gandhi saying this. The Bible says cut it off. What part of cut off did you not understand? I mean, it remove it. Okay. And then he said in verse 47, If thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. How's your eyes been lately? Very good. You're not having any problem with them? They're not, they not, you, you're not backslid because of your eyes right now, right? Okay, so... I don't need to pluck one out. No. <laughs> I got the right guy because some of you would be, you'd be walking around with one leg and one foot <laughs> and you couldn't even shake hands and you couldn't even hardly see them because <laughs> you'd be maimed and halt and withered today. <laughs> Thank you, brother. But, you know, we read that, and, and, of course, I've tried to be humorous with it today, but it's really not, it's not a humorous thing. The Lord was trying to get us to understand being in the kingdom of God is more important your hand, your foot, and your eye. If that was going to keep you out of the kingdom of God, you better, you'd be better off to cut it out, get rid of it, and enter into the kingdom of God than to be lost and live in eternity with a fire and brimstone where the worm dieth not. That's, that's serious stuff. Jesus said you would be better off having one hand, one foot, and one eye in the kingdom of God than having two hands, two feet, and two eyes and be lost. You would be better off having no friends and being the kingdom of God than having many friends to spend time with you in hell. You would be better off a poor man in the kingdom of God than a rich man in hell because Jesus said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom and I do not believe he was telling us wrong to have or accumulate, but it's wrong when accumulation of wealth has us. 
I believe if you ever get wealthy, you better have a channel of sending money out to bless the kingdom of God and other people and, and, and keep that channel flowing out because if you keep it all in, you'll dry up and stagnate and it'll overcome you. And I think that's what the Lord was talking about there. There are some things that are not allowed in the kingdom of God. I'm in. I'm still in, even though a while ago I told you the first thing. If you're going to be in the kingdom of God, there's a requirement. you got to put it first. But now he's telling us there's some things not allowed in the kingdom of God. But I'm still in. I know that there are some things that I can't do. But you know, I want to still be in the kingdom. I know what the Bible says about the works of the flesh. And I, I know that there's some things that I have to control myself over. I have, to, I have to say no to my flesh and a lot of things that I, I just can't allow myself to do. But you know what? I'm still in. I'm in because it's worth whatever those requirements are. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, the NIV, it says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be, thank you, baby. She's, she's, she's getting it. She's getting it. <clears throat> Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. Now, this is the NIV version, and it's pretty plain. And I'm telling you, the Lord tarries. There's a day coming. You mark it down. Remember I said this, that the Bible will be classified as a hate book. There is coming a day, if the Lord tarries, that the Bible will be classified and outlawed because it will be classified as a hate book because it tells us what will keep us out of the kingdom of God. And, and, and I hope I don't see that. And I hope you don't see that. But if the world keeps going like it's going, uh, hate crimes are just being classified to all sorts of things now where that they control, and it's, it's, a plan, it's a plan by the enemy, and not just the devil, but all the people that are working with him and for him are trying to get rid of the Christian influence in our world. Just remember I said that. And he says all these things, even greedy and drunkards and slanderers and swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. And you were sanctified. And you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Some of you would be scoundrels today. You would be a person that I really would not want to be around. I would not fellowship you if you were in the world because I don't see, we don't see eye to eye. We don't live on the same level. But now you're washed. You are sanctified. 
You're not like that anymore. Something happened to you. You made a decision about the kingdom of God and you said, I'm in. And you don't worry about the price that you have to pay because you see the benefits that you receive when you're in the kingdom. In Galatians 5 and 16 says it this way in the NIV. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So if your sinful nature is flaring up and it's out of control, you need to just go to living in the Spirit. You need to start praying. You need to start fasting. (laughs) You say, well, I don't like that. I get hungry. God gave us the solution to our flesh. It's very plain. That if you're having fleshly desires, if you cannot conquer your flesh, there's only one thing that can get victory over that. And that is personal prayer and fasting. You say, well, that's hard. Well, I I don't consider it that way because I'm in. I'm in the kingdom and I look at it as a privilege and a benefit that I have to stay in the kingdom of God. Well, I feel this this morning. Somebody ought to be excited that you are in the kingdom of God. Jesus told us how to enter the kingdom of God. I'm in. Jesus answered and said to them in John chapter 3, very familiar to us, it should be. You missed the good part, Brother Mike. I, he saw my knife and he said, what's that for? And I said, well, you come to my Sunday school class today, you'll see. And I've already used it. You missed it. Get on out of here. <laughs> Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, or unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter or he cannot see the kingdom of God. A lot of people don't see what you and I see. They say, well, I don't understand that. How do you do that? They don't see how I can come to church faithfully and and sit there and worship God and stand to my feet and clap my hands and do a little jig every once in a while. They don't see that. They don't see that somebody can ask, offer me a beer or a margarita and I'd say, no, thank you. They don't see that somebody offers me a, a joint of marijuana, I'd say, no, I don't do that. They don't see that because they've not been born again. But once you're born again, you will see it. You may not adhere to it, You may give in to your flesh and pick up that bad habits again. But as long as you stay in tune with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, you won't give in to it. So an indication of when you start getting carnal and start wanting to do those things is that you're not full of the Holy Ghost. Because when you're full of God, when you're full of the Spirit, you don't have those desires. 
You have been born again and you see the dangers of it. You see the benefits of the kingdom of God. Amen. So we know that. There are three groups of people that were mentioned in uh, the text that I read this morning in, in Mark, the 12th chapter. There were the Sadducees, they were a religious group. They were a political party of the priestly, um, aristocratic group. And they were always against almost every other religious uh, party that was around. And that's the Pharisees and the scribes. But the, sad, the Sadducees were like a lot of Pentecostals even today. They were sad, you see. <laughs> a lot of Pentecostals fit in that group in the Bible, the Sadducees. They've not learned how to enjoy the joy of the Lord. They've not learned how to let the fruit of the Spirit be active in their life. And they're just sad, you see. And then you had the Pharisees. They were known for insisting that the law of God be observed as the scribes interpreted it. And for their special commitment in keeping the laws of tithing and the rituals of purity. Then you had the third group was the scribes. The scribes were experts in the written law. They copied it, preserved it interpreted it, and they taught it to the disciples, and they were judges in cases where people were accused of breaking the law of Moses. And most of them belonged to the party of the Pharisees. And in this passage of Scripture, a group of Pharisees and Herodians engaged Jesus in order to trap him into saying something against God's law. Then a group of Sadducees came to question him concerning the resurrection. There was a big debate. Some of them believed in it, some of them didn't. And then a scribe who heard all of these conversations was very pleased with Jesus and his answers. And then he asked the Lord this question, Which commandment is the foremost of all are the most important jesus responds to his question by quoting deuteronomy 6 4 and 5 the foremost he said is here o israel the lord our god is one lord and you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength the word in here the word here is a Hebrew word, Shema. <clears throat> it literally means to keep on hearing. You don't just hear the noise or the sound, but you keep on hearing. It means to keep on listening. <clears throat> it means to keep on obeying. It is a declaration <clears throat> that the Lord is not first among many gods, but He's the one and only God. He's the Creator and the King of the universe. 
There is no other God but the Lord God of Israel. And the Shema is a call to keep on loving and listening to and obeying that one true God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, the greatest of all the commandments calls for the believer to continually and absolutely surrender his entire being and full commitment to the one true and living God. And such commitment and love involves the total person, spiritual, intellectual, physical, uh, emotional. God wants us to totally Lean on Him and love Him with everything. One who truly loves God holds nothing back from Him. However, Jesus does not stop by simply answering the scribe's request. The scribe only asks the foremost or the first or the most important. But Jesus went on a step further and He said, Second is like namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That person that you spoke to a while ago, told them you loved them, recognized them as your neighbor, and not just them, but the ones we literally live by, the ones we associate with. And he said, there is none other commandment greater than these. He only quoted two. What were they? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your cotton-picking neighbor like yourself. That's what he said. He didn't say cotton-picking. I am out of time, aren't I?